Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. So let's talk Batman. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of the Hall of Fame video game podcast. I'm Matt Levy and I am joined by the Dark Knight himself, Mike Staub. How are we doing, Mike? We're doing good, Matt. Oh. It's great to be here. Let me tell uh, you something. It's about fighting in the darkness and in the shadows. You are fresh back home after a trip. I mean, you were probably just being Batman somewhere, but you said you were doing a gig in Atlantic City. Yeah, but- yeah. I was performing in Atlantic City, a city that's rife with crime. People have never seen Batman and Mike Staub in the same room. It's so true. It's true. He does have a bigger stature than I do, but... <laughs> That doesn't mean, listen, I'm not going to get into it. Well, Mike, I am super giddy. I am really excited today because when I certain know, games I'm excited for you. come up on the calendar, when you and me decide to talk about specific games, I get giddy like a kid again. And here we are, Mike, talking about Batman Arkham Asylum from 2009. It was a multi-platform release by the British studio, unknown Rocksteady Studios, and it was published by Idis Interactive with Warner mm-hmm. Brothers. Yeah. Mike, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of Batman Arkham Asylum? Hmm. When I think Batman Arkham Asylum, I think the first, one of the first really, really, really good superhero video games. Like, without a doubt. I, I It's one of those things where it's like, you can't even, like... Video superhero video games were never great across the board, except for like the fighting games were pretty good, right? Like the Marvel game, the Marvel fighting games were pretty good. But up until this point, there were very few like superhero games that you could really talk about in in the in the essence of like this is one of the best games ever made. And there were very few of them that were even close to being decent. There were a couple of decent Spider-Man well, games. You, you could look at like Spider-Man, which was the yeah. Spider-Man 2 and some of those games. They were good. You could look at the Incredible Hulk game that was on Xbox. I think people say it was a passable, good game. But none of them, like you said, were award-winning or went mainstream that people had to play. Those games were played by hardcore comic book or or geek comic book superhero guys. This game broke down all the barriers. Without a doubt. And it, it it is possibly... One of the best games ever made. Uh, I think it's one of the best single player action games ever made. I do have some qualms with a couple of the move features of, of Batman Arkham Asylum, but I think this is one of those games where it should be talked about forever. And it kicked off a mega popular franchise, which I think has lost its way a little bit, even though I did like Arkham Knight quite a bit. Uh, Arkham Asylum, what makes Arkham Asylum such a great experience and such a great time is that it's so small in scope it's just the asylum and the asylum as we get out into arkham city it does like almost like a jack and daxter to jack two type thing where we go from small it's not a platformer but it's an exploratory action game in the veins of a super metroid or a metroid prime maybe more like that arkham city i think takes on a more like Grand Theft Auto type open Uh living world city 
where Batman's flying around or walking around this giant world. While this game, I would compare to the likes of something like Mario 64 in that it's very sandboxy. When you're in each area of the asylum, you can explore, you can find different things outside of each area. Then you go in each of these buildings and from there, it turns into these Metroid type and Zelda type levels that include gadgets and equipment to unlock different areas. So mm-hmm. it's a very influenced game, but it's also, like you said, it's, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, it's groundbreaking for many, many, many different degrees. First of all, like we said before, this is one of the best superhero, superhero, like, I, listen, if you want to argue whether or not Batman's a superhero, just leave. One of the first, like, really great superhero games that has influenced I would say a plethora of superhero games that have come after it most notably the uh, Insomniac Spider-Man game which I also think is one of the best games ever made possibly only eclipsed by Arkham Asylum and maybe Arkham City maybe I think it's actually neck and neck with those I think that it does for Spider-Man what this did for Batman and it's it's so it's so well produced. The fact that this this unknown English game developer could essentially give you a quote-unquote photorealistic version of what the Batman animated series was. The Batman animated series is still, to for my money, to this day, the best version of Batman. The best version of Batman. Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Like, let me, I love Michael Keaton. I'm a Michael Keaton diehard. I think Michael Keaton's the best. I, I still think Batman 89 is the best Batman movie, and I will die on that hill. But nothing even comes close to Batman the Animated Series in terms of superhero cartoons, in terms of like regular animated TV shows, right? Because Tokyo movie Shinha, who was the animator on Bat- Batman the Animated Series who also did a lot of other stuff. We've talked about them in past episodes. Their animation was unbelievable and the voice talent was ridiculous. Like Kevin Conroy who voices Batman, he's a Juilliard graduate. I think he was in the same class as Robin Williams. So like you got these folks coming to make this game and really giving you Batman the Animated Series a little grittier, a little bit more mature and but as a video game and the icing on the cake is you get Mark Hamill to come back as the Joker. Which, Mike, this is unheard of. This is a comic book come to life to a video game. And like you said, Conroy and Hamill, they had both, and even Arlene Sorkin from Harley Quinn, th- these characters are from, from the TV show. They're from the animated series. For and the they most are, part. They're for the most part, they're a big deal. Yeah. They're a really big deal. But to get them for the video game, insane. that's insane. I mean, that is unheard of that Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker who lent his voice to an animated series, which makes sense. It was multi-seasons. It was a big mm-hmm. deal. It was a big show. For him to come and say, yeah, I'll do the video game of Arkham Asylum from a no-name studio, it's unheard of. Unheard of. But I think it's just that a guy like Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy are so attached to these characters that at this point, when I hear someone else providing the voice for the Joker or Batman, and you know what? A lot of them do a really great job. The the actor who perform, per, portrays Batman in the Harley Quinn cartoon, oh geez, I'm gonna say his name is Diedrich something. It's he's the he's from the Drew Carey show. He does a great job as Batman, but that's a goofy, silly TV show, which everyone should watch. By the way, if you haven't watched Harley Quinn on HBO Max, it is a home run. And I don't just say that because Harley beats things with a bat. 
It's a home run of a cartoon. It's very, very good. It's one of the best Batman related things since the original animated series. But Kevin Conroy is Batman. Like Mark Hamill is the Joker. When I go and read Batman comic books and I page through a Batman comic book and I'm reading these speech bubbles, I read those characters and those voices similarly to how I read Wolverine in the comic books as Wolverine from the cartoon because these voice actors did leave such an impression on us at that point in time. And the, the fact that they were able to pull in these folks to come in and do this and create this game and give you a game slash cartoon come to life as a video game. Wow. Was it amazing? And for the first time in a video game, and I said this about Spider-Man and I will say this when we definitely talk about Spider-Man cause I'll force your hand. It was the first time in a video game where you felt like Batman. You did Batman stuff. You had Batman tools. You punched people in the face and sent them to the hospital because Batman doesn't kill, but he is not going to pay your, your hospital bill. He'll put you in the hospital real bad, but he, he won't kill you. So Mike, I know you're not checking my notes here because I didn't send them to you ahead of time, but I wrote down feels like Batman. It's because true, am I wrong? It's no, this game encapsulates the look, the combat. Let's just talk about the combat for a second, Mike. The free flow combat. If you were to say, let's say, let's say the voice acting sucked. Let's say the graphics were terrible. Let's say the narrative was falling apart. Just the combat alone in this game was groundbreaking. I think it's worth the price of injury for sure. And Batman's ability to fight multiple people at once, to use the environments around him, to use his gadgets to get out of danger, to use smoke bombs, to do all the different things that Batman could do, throw batarangs, all that stuff. Batman is a ninja, okay? For all intents and purposes, Batman is a, is a ninja. He's, a, he's, he's trained in a bunch of martial arts. He was trained by essentially assassins and, and escape artists with Zatara, who's Zatanna's father, who's a great character. I love Zatanna. She's great. And these he's been trained by all these people to do all these amazing things and in batman you you master these martial arts by being able to dodge throw enemies into each other and really use your surroundings because batman is one person in this entire in this asylum filled with people that just want to murder him that's all they want to do except for the joker i don't think the joker actually wants to kill batman he wants batman alive if joker finds out batman has died i think it would ruin his life but <laughs> It's such great combat and at the time was so original and so unique. And now that Spider-Man's kind of doing something similar, but with Spider-Man stuff, it shows you a little bit more of what that, that type of combat system can achieve when you kind of modernize it a little bit more. But Batman started it. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you played the Captain America game on Xbox 360. And the game is not terrible. It is kind of, it goes back to his early days as Captain America and it has combat similar to this. You can tell there's heavily influence here, but the combat system here is attack, stun, counter, and like you said, you can dodge or roll. Yeah. It's this free flow they call combat system. And the more combo hits you get, the more agile and quicker and deadlier or more danger Batman puts his enemies in. So this, these chain of attacks, it becomes this wonderful combat system and you get better and better at it. It's really simple, but you get really good at, you get good. Just kind of like Breath of the Wild system doesn't change all that much, but you get better at it. This is one of those systems that you have, yes, you get some gadgets, you get more stuff, but you just get better at 
springing combos, countering yeah. at the right time and getting really good at, and it feels good. You feel like Batman, as you're, like you said, using your environment, kicking guys, drop kicking them, dropping them on their back, doing suplexes. There's all the different moves that Batman could do. And it's wonderful. And also you got the stealth element, right? You can use Batman's stealth element, tying in those ninja skills. You could hit people for, and knock them out without triggering any of these alarms and stuff like that. So there is a special aspect of the game that allows you to do that. And it does have that kind of Metroid feel where you get tools throughout the game that kind of help you get to other parts and kind of open up different parts of the asylum. And Batman has so many toys, whether it's whether he's using batarangs or he's using like things to sling guys up. I don't remember if the explosive gel is in this game. Explosive gel. You got the batarang. You got the sonic batarang. You got the line launcher, the bat claw, and then the cryptographic sequencer, which was kind of like you broke in open doors. So yeah, this like game hacking, right? Exactly. But this game had a really good balance. I think that's kind of what you were saying before is that you go from these heavy action sequences to exploration to next you're doing a whole stealth room where you could take down an entire room of bad guys using this awesome detective vision. Mike, what do you remember about detective vision? Yeah, detective vision is awesome. It's kind of the Metroid Prime scan visor like on steroids because it allows you to see enemies in front of you. It allows you to still attack. It allows you to see stuff in the environment. So it has a little bit of that like x-ray vision type thing. And Batman's eyes like glaze over white when he uses a detective vision. So he looks more like the cartoon character. And it's so cool because you could see enemies through the mists and through all this stuff. And you could see, you could see their paths as they walk. And you can use that to plan a room ahead of time as you want to say, all right, I'm going to take out that guy and then I'm going to use that. I'm going to use sound to get this guy to go over there and then I'm going to sling him up on this gargoyle and then I'm going to swing bat kick down and then uh, zip up. There's all these things you could do and the game wants you to use the environments against your enemies and that's it rewards really you too. It yeah. rewards you by giving you points where you can then use an RPG-like system to upgrade his abilities and it seems like at this point, every game has RPG elements in it, but... You're welcome. Game- <laughs> That's Final Fantasy VII saying you're welcome. So, But you're right. The, the detective vision, it gives you enemies. You can see if they have guns or no guns. You can see destructible walls, removable grates. It really lets you give a whole different depth to how you play the game. Definitely. And it's got such a good feel. Like, it's the pacing's amazing. The... Moment-to-moment gameplay in Arkham City is very good. I mean, I'm sorry, Arkham Asylum. I'm sorry, Arkham City is also very, very good. But the game moment-to-moment gameplay in Arkham Asylum is very, very good. And man, do they mix it up well, because all of a sudden you think things are going to be normal, and then you get hit with Scarecrow. Yeah. And that's like one of the coolest things ever. Well, so it really breaks up the action too that way. Let's talk about some of these boss battles, because some people, that's sort of one of the hits this game sometimes takes when people are saying that some of the boss battles are sort of tedious or they're not as good. So you got Killer Croc, which is an interesting thing in the sewers, which is not really a boss battle. That's what some yeah. people say. that it's, it's sort of a boss sequence or a level. You do have the, the fight with Bane. Mm-hmm. You, got, you have to take down Victor Zaz. It's not really a boss battle right in the beginning. You got Poison Ivy, which is, I'd say is a true boss battle towards the end. And, and then she this, should be. Yeah, like- she, she, she deserves it. Batman, like, Batman doesn't have too many, like, true supervillains that have, like, superpowers. And, and 
like Poison Ivy and Mr. Freeze are like the two people who are like, oh, wow, like Poison Ivy can cover the city in plants if she really wanted to. Like, that's scary stuff. I Bane, too, can get there if he's got the venom. But, you know, most of the time, Batman's beaten up on mobsters and like crooks. Yeah, totally. So, so it's cool to see that kind of scaling. Like Victor Zaz is just a murderer. He's right. just a, he's, he's just, just a murderer. murderer, but but Batman has enough recognizable villains. I'd say as many, or if not more, than Spider Man. I mean, the two of them have the two best we call rogues galleries oh, out there by far. So here we get. I think you brought it up the Scarecrow sequence, which is also one of the most popular things about this game, where you switch into these almost like pseudo two D elements, two uh, D gameplay, but it's sort of trippy. But you're kind of going through these these sequences where Batman's a little drugged he's, up and he's seeing some things and Scarecrow becomes this larger than life character. And yeah. it's, a, it's a cool set of sequences. It's almost like a, it's almost like a puzzly platformer to a yeah, degree. You have to stay the, away from Scarecrow. And it's still, I think one of the best versions of Scarecrow we've ever seen is in this game series. I think he's uh, he's a terrifying villain if done correctly. I think most of the time he's stupid, but I do like Killian Murphy, so I'll give him that. But scare it's it's Batman. That's what's beautiful about Arkham Asylum and the Arkham games in general is that they they give the player a little bit of credit. They trust the player a little bit to be like, all right, you know who these people are for the most part, and you know what? If you don't. We'll try to introduce them. And even if you don't, Mike, there's so many Easter eggs Mm -hmm. and these reels that you could pick up with audio tapes and you can find all this information out there. So if you don't know anything, this is a great place for people to learn what these characters are about. I love that a game like Batman Arkham Asylum is a gateway into Batman comics. Why not? Right. That's amazing. That's all we we folks who like comic books and some of us who work in the comic book industry love when people read comic books because it, it, it pays the bills. But we also I love when people read comic books when they find them through through avenues like this, because it's like, oh, cool, you played the video game and now you're interested in Batman. Great. Well, here's 80 years of comic books. That you can read now with some of the best characters I would argue ever. And I mean that across all mediums. I think that comic books and comic book heroes and characters and should be considered on the same level as any other literary character. Some of them are even better than the literary characters that you think are great. So a character like Batman is incredibly interesting, but it's not just Batman. It's Batman. It's Alfred. It's Robin. It's Batgirl, Catwoman. The Joker, Mr. 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 Freeze, the Penguin, all these characters are so important to the fabric of literature, let alone comic books, that it's amazing to see them come together. And I love when people get interested in them. It's like, yeah, Killer Croc, like the average person probably doesn't know who Killer Croc is or might have a very, very loose understanding of Killer Croc. But when you, when you have a stage in a video game about escaping Killer Croc, because he's, what's Batman really going to do against Killer Croc unless he's got like, I don't know, I don't know, some reptile repellent or something like that? Like he's going to get he's going to get eaten underneath that suit. Batman's still a, just a guy, a strong, big guy who can fight well, but he's just a guy. So it's it's very interesting to see that. Or when he fights someone like Bane in the comic books or something, it's like got to kick that pipe out of his head because he's just going to keep getting bigger and angrier. So it's very, very cool to see how they introduce these characters now. The visuals of this game are great. I think the game is beautiful to look at, but I think the style to me sometimes is a little... It's very much of its time. You can tell Unreal Engine 3 was sort of the thing to do at that time. And it looks very much like 
Unreal Engine games of its time. It looks very Gears of War. It looks very much like the, the characters' faces, their bodies, their animations, but it worked really well for its time. There's been a remaster. You can play it on the PC. You can change these. You can play this on ultra widescreen. You can play this in 3D. You can play this in 4K. I mean, there's so many different ways to play this game today. It's got a VR mode too, right? It has a VR mode too, I believe. Yeah, there is a VR. So there's there's a lot of stuff that there's NVIDIA actually introduced their physics engines with this game where you had smoke fog effects and dynamic interaction with leaves and clothes on the PC version, which was really cool. So this game did a lot of stuff graphically, but I agree with you. It's very much of that time. It's very much a video game for 2009. Everyone looks a little like Marcus Phoenix. Like everyone's kind of there. It's like, hey, everyone's hitting the gym and everyone's doing roids, guys. It's 2009 <laughs> and we're all jacked, which is fine. It's 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 like anything else. It's like eras of comic books have very a very unique art. Eras of video games very unique art. Now, I'm someone who likes my comic books a little bit more stylized and a little bit more cartoony. I'm a big Tim Sale fan. Definitely, you should read if you're interested in Batman. Read The Long Halloween. It's a beautiful... Oh, it's. Beautiful I think written. it is my favorite Batman story ever. And uh, there's some great ones out there. Yeah, I think it's close for me. I think I think Long, Long Halloween, obviously, everyone reads The Dark Knight Returns. Because sure, that Killing Joke. Like, Killing I mean, Joke is really there's good. There's a bunch that you go right to. But for me, Long Halloween, the first time I read it, I think I couldn't be bothered. I think I was saying, like, my parents were like, hey, dinner's ready. I was like, I don't care. I'm staying in my room until I finish reading this. And there's a bunch of others like that. This actually takes some inspiration from the Arkham Asylum. Yes. There is a, a, a graphic novel that is it. It's a, it's a creepy story. It's a great story. Very creepy. Very, it's like painted yeah the arkham asylum comic it's a it's usually a hardcover when you can get your hands on it definitely give it a shot i believe you know what i'm not going to quote myself on what year <laughs> that came out because i'm going to feel really dumb when i get it wrong but no i think i think it pulls from it pulls from a lot it pulls yeah. from a lot of great batman stories and obviously like i like we said the animated series which i think is where the foundation lies here because paul dini paul dini wrote this game and paul dini you know wrote the Batman animated series. Like he was like one of the main, main forces behind getting that done. Paul Dini, Bruce Tim are two of the most important people to uh, get that, that series done. And Paul Dini comes in here and writes this and he writes an amazing Batman story. He might, he, and it's an, and gameplay around it from Rocksteady is just top, top notch. And while Batman has done well and the games have, have been very good, nothing kind of gets to this level. Arkham City gets a little long in the tooth after a while. Arkham Arkham Knight starts to feel too much like Arkham City with like more Batmobile in it. And the Batmobile stuff is it's cool. Doesn't it doesn't always work. I think some of it feels too much battleshipy and you're tanky and it's not it doesn't really serve a purpose at times. I love I Arkham City, Arkham Knight, even Arkham Origins which was made by WB yeah. Montreal. It's yeah. also a great game, but this game I think was a tighter experience. I think it was a more sandboxy it felt more intimate and it really felt right for the story it was telling and like a resident evil game it's one night batman goes to arkham because stuff's going down tonight and it just shows you how chaotic the batman comics are because like oh yeah batman oh yeah the joker blew up whatever you got to go check it out and batman goes there and it's like oh wait i have to fight all of my villains because that's how it works in the comic books like yep. you might be like oh this is ridiculous why is batman fighting everyone it's like well that's how it works batman will be chasing down the riddler because the riddler is going to kill someone and then joker will i don't know 
have a parade and gas a bunch of people and Batman will have to figure it out. It's like, well, I have to take the Joker down first. It definitely embraces the chaotic nature. And you'll see more of that chaos in Arkham City and Arkham Knight for sure. But it starts here. It starts here. It's like Batman can't get a day off. Like, that's really how it goes. I think what they really got right here is you feel like a detective. You feel yeah. like Batman. So as you're going through exploring each of these areas, finding out what the plot is by Joker, getting these new gadgets, finding the Batcave areas and getting your upgrades, even finding all the Riddler trophies and all the Riddler secrets here, I feel like that really makes you feel like Batman, that you are a detective. And the thing that... I love most, and it's a silly thing, I love some cape damage. I love that the longer you play further into the story, his suit and his cape show damage. It's one of the, it's the small things, Mike, that make us happy. Well, you know, Batman, Batman doesn't invincible Iron Man armor, right? Batman is kind of wearing some sort of degree of armor that he wears. But yeah, I mean, if you're getting shot, the bullets are going to tear through the suit a little bit. Batman's cape's going to get tattered. Now, Batman's cape is probably cumbersome as a superhero because he's got to get out of the way, but it's Batman, as they show you in the Batman Begins movie, he is a fan of theatrics. Batman loves to put on a show, even though he would tell you that he hates anything to do with performance. Batman has to be a performer, right? He learned from escape artists and magicians how to do these things so that he can get out of out of way uh, out of the way so that he can throw people off his trail so that he can use the environment around him and then use his skills to take people out so i love stuff like that i love that batman's cape gets beat up i, I love that his suit gets damaged and batman you batman's got to be bruised and broken and but at the core of it we talked about combat and you talked about detective stuff at the core of it batman was written to be a detective story batman is a detective this game and the animated series are probably the only two mediums that really get this right. There's not been a single Batman movie where Batman has been a detective at all. He doesn't even come close. In most movies, it's like big guy, bat suit, beat stick. And like, okay, we get it. That's but, fun. What we people like widely consider the best Batman movies, The Dark Knight. I think he twice in the movie does something semi-detective-like where I think he takes a bullet and then tries to figure out some fingerprint from yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, he finally did something detective-like in one of these movies. But George Clooney, who people consider to be the best Batman, correct? Oh, absolutely. I think George <laughs> Clooney himself has come out and said that he did. But none of the Batman have really done much as far as detective. But here... This feels more like Batman probably than any movie. Yep. And it gets closest, like you said, to the animated series, which is like the comic book come to life. So yeah. Batman here can run, jump, climb, crouch in, in vents. He can glide from heights using his cape. He can use his grapple gun to climb up or escape if he needs to. This is what makes you feel like Batman. Got the utility belt. He's got the utility belt, man. And that means he's got an answer for everything. Which of those of you out there is like Batman couldn't beat Superman? It's like, well, no, Batman knows what Superman is weak against. If you take away Batman's, I know people hate when I when people say this. If you take away Batman's prep time, you take away his superpower, right? Batman's no longer a superhero if he doesn't have his prep time. If he doesn't know everything about everyone. If you read Batman comics, you'd understand that he knows every entrance and every exit to where he's going. Yep. He knows how to use the environment around you. He's mm -hmm. a ninja. He's a detective. But he's first and foremost, like you said, Detective Comics twenty seven. That's when he appeared. 
It's it's detect. He's a detective. He's a detective. He's a vigilante detective. And he's a ninja. He's everything, he's Mike. Great. <laughs> he's great. He's like the opposite of Darth Vader. Darth Vader's like a robot samurai <laughs> wizard. Batman's like a, a, a detective ninja. He's like a ninja detective. We'll just go with that. I don't have anything to, to I don't have all three because he's not an alien. So unfortunately, but he's got Batman. Batman is is great because he's always like with Superman. It's like, all right, I can punch my way out of this problem most of the time. And honestly, people get Superman wrong a lot. I think Superman's actually a beautiful character. And I think he's a wonderfully written character when written correctly, because you write Superman as like Superman is everything that human humanity has aspired to do or everything that humanity would want a higher power to be. And Superman has to force himself into the lives of humans. And there's a humanity to Superman because he was raised by earth parents. And that's a beautiful character, right? It's the story of the, essentially it's the story of the, of the immigrant, right? Superman to a degree. And that this just, this immigrant just happens to have superpowers, which is beautiful. And that's what we want things to be like. We want Superman to, we want people to, to feel that and, and Superman to kind of, to learn and, and be himself. But Batman is, is an amazing character because it's always like, how's he going to get out of this one? Right. It's, it's very similar to like Spider-Man in this instance, where it's just like, all right, he's by himself. Spider-Man is a super-powered maniac. Like, Spider-Man can lift the bus. But, like, Batman's stuck. He's fighting five guys. How is Batman going to get out of the situation? And when you get into these situations in this game, it's like, how am I going to get out of this situation? Because I am Batman. Yeah, you have so, to outthink every yeah, yeah. situation. When you have a dozen inmates that all are jacked up, looking like, like you said, like Phoenix... Yeah. You have to think, am I going to counter? Am I going to strike? Am I going to use a gadget? You have to think like Batman in these moments. It's a chess game. You have strategically play out each of these scenarios. And especially when you're in these rooms in the ceiling, on the statues, when you're standing on these gargoyles, you're planning out, you're plotting how you're going to take down each of these enemies just like Batman would. And that's what really this game should be rewarded for is making you feel like Batman. And this was made by, like we said, a studio of 60 people in less than two years. And it's it's amazing that you can put 500 people in, in, in a building sometimes and they can't make a game nearly as good as this. I think that's a case of just too many cooks at some point, right? There's this team, like, was it a, the tightest of teams? No, it wasn't made by like 10 people, but it was made by 60. And that's a small, relatively small team when you're talking about the game that has had this much of an impact. And... It will continue to have an impact for years and years, especially now that you can play it in many, many places. Oh, and, you, can pl uh, you can play this game anywhere. I mean, I've, I played it back on the day on the Xbox originally. I played it on normal and hard and 100%ed them both. Then I got it on Steam, played it again with the 3D and with the effects, and I played it 100% on hard again. And this is one of those games that you can go back to and play differently each time as far as how you want to approach each room, each enemy, each puzzle, and there's something nice about that. It's wonderful. It's so good. And it makes it so much more replayable because you do it differently every time. It was a huge success. This game sold 2 million units in under three weeks. Wow. And that's from an unknown studio, Mike. I mean, yes, they had Warner Brothers backing them, but this is not a... Rock Studio, Rocksteady was not known. They were completely unknown. Definitely not well-known and... Uh, it just goes to show you, and luckily for them, right? Because we got other great games from them. 
it goes to show you that Batman is important. Batman sells. Batman always sells. Batman's the number one comic book in the world. And well, when back, Batman movies come out, they crush. Well, back to your point, Mike. If someone can make a really good Superman video game, yeah, now we're onto something. I don't know how to do it, and I and I host uh, I host a show where we talk about how to do things like that. That's not on this one, and I have no idea. I have no idea how to make Superman work as a video game because the character is invincible. Um, Injustice was fun, but like I'm sick of Superman being a bad guy. And you know what? I don't want to turn this into a Superman. Superman <laughs> I actually really like Superman. I think he's a wonderful character. Me too. But um, just criminally under underutilized properly. But yeah, and just people hate him for no reason. Batman, Batman Arkham Asylum so is considered good. to be one of the most groundbreaking and influential mm-hmm. games of all time, and Absolutely. is arguably considered the greatest super superhero game of modern times or of all time, you could say. I mean, I would say all time. It's got real close competition with Spider-Man. It really does. And I know not everyone likes to hear that because they're so similar, but Spider-Man is, I would say, almost every bit as good. I as would Batman. love to talk about that game very soon. I will say it's probably, I don't think it's as tight. I think there is some extra fluff and extra stuff in there where this, I think, is a tighter experience. Yeah, definitely. But they're definitely toe-to-toe. But the influences here, we've said it before. I mean, you got the DNA of Metroid, Zelda, even Bioshock as far as its atmosphere and narrative. Mario 64 as far as the sandbox uh, levels and outdoor areas, I think. And then, like we said, the brilliant voice acting of Mark Hamill, and Kevin Conroy, which cannot be under, you can't be, you can't say that enough. You can't, it's not, it, you can't top that. You can't top that. It's like, it's unreal. It's like, it's like Stuart and McKellen, right? It's like, say what you will about those X-Men movies. When you cast Patrick Stewart as Professor X and Ian McKellen as Magneto, it's like, oh my God, I'm watching Shakespeare, but it's superheroes. It's, it's, you can't, you can't compete with that. And the, this game had it all. Production value, gameplay, pacing, everything was done so incredibly well. And I'm so excited to see what Rocksteady goes to do in the future. Obviously, Arkham City is a wonderful, wonderful game and definitely worth your time. Arkham Knight is an excellent game. Definitely worth it if you like the first two. Arkham Orange is, like you said, it's not Rocksteady, but whatever. And then once again, the last, the, the next game they're working on is Suicide Squad. So I'm ready to have some fun because the unre- the new Unreal Engine, nobody, not everyone looks like they're a steroided out freak. So uh, we're going to have some fun with that. And the Suicide Squad movie, I think, looks excellent. And uh, hopefully the game is able to kind of get a little bit of that James Gunn magic in there. So I'm excited to see what Rocksteady does moving forward. And eventually I would love to see them get away from the DC licensed stuff. But you know what? If they're the only company making like these lights out, good DC comics based video games, then just keep doing it. Give them, give them Justice League Dark. I do it. I would take anything from them at this point. So Rocksteady has proven that they make good video games. Even their worst video game is top tier. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, I got my hot take for you here. And it's a great segue because you were just talking about X-Men's Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen. I would say that Batman Arkham Asylum is the X, how X-Men was to movies in redefining the superhero genre. I would say Batman Arkham Asylum did the same thing for video games. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. I, I don't think it's, I don't, I, I don't think like hot take, I'll take it. Cause it's, you're right. You're right. Because every superhero video game that isn't in, in some way like this is going to look at Arkham Asylum. Obviously Spider-Man did it right. So if we ever get a daredevil game down the road, down the road, they're definitely going to look at Arkham and probably Spider-Man and probably Phoenix, Wright. So, I mean, let's just do that. Make that game. But yeah, no, it's, it's influential. It's groundbreaking. It, it kicked the door open for that. This is what a superhero game can be. It doesn't just have to be a cash grab licensed project. Yeah. Yeah. This proved that the games can be good. So Mike, we are going to wrap up a, an episode here that I just loved talking about. It was great Beautiful. talking about Batman Arkham Asylum. I'm probably going to replay it again this year. Cause this was just so much fun to talk about, but in the meantime, Mike, what have you been playing? I'll tell you this. This this show is awful for making me like go and play games that I like. I don't know if I want to consider that awful. I think that's like a really nice thing. But every time we're done with one of these conversations, it's like I have a moment where I just sit there and I like scratch my beard, which isn't really even a beard. I just haven't shaved in a few days. I scratch my beard area or my chin and say hmm, eh, maybe I should play that again. Like almost every time. I always feel guilty when I'm replaying a game because I know there's so many new experiences out there. But when you have some of these near and dear experiences, you want to sometimes travel back to that again. You definitely do. Uh, for me, as of late, I've been playing. I haven't had a ton of time to play video games uh, recently. I finished Ratchet and Clank on the PS5. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the on the PS5. What a great game. Oh my gosh, I loved it. I've been playing Metroid Samus Returns because I want to play all the 2D Metroids before uh, Dread comes out in October. So I finished Zero Mission. Now I'm playing Samus Returns. And that's pretty much what I've been focused on right now, playing that. I don't think there's anything really coming out that soon that I really, really, really need to play or really want to play. So I'm playing this. When I finish this, I might move on to Super Metroid or, or I might play like I might replay Doki Doki Literature Club on the Switch or I might play like Famicom Detective Club or something like that. So we'll see. But I'm playing Metroid Samus Returns and liking it a lot more than the first time I had played it. And I don't know why. Uh, maybe I'm just excited to play like an actual Metroid Metroid game again. But I've kind of been in a weird spot lately where I used to be like, I, when I play handhelds on vacation or like if a game is like, I really want to play this. But I've been like Mr. Handheld lately. Like I've been definitely moving towards playing stuff more stuff handheld and the switch has really been great for that and the 3ds like i'm i'm reintroducing myself to the 3ds and man is it a great system wow was it good and i might spend some more time playing stuff on the 3ds in the near future because it's a really great system and i have a bunch of games for it i never finished but that's it i'm playing uh metroid samus returns what about you that's awesome, Mike. Well, I decided to really dive into 2016's Ratchet and & Clank, and I had just dabbled in it before, and I really dedicated myself to playing it this past week, and I love beat it. it, and I loved it. I love loved it. all the different weapons. I loved the story. I loved upgrading the weapons, and I loved that whole system, the characters, the world. It was so much fun. I felt like a kid again, and yeah. I said, how did I not play this series sooner? It was really fantastic. Because you were foolish. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There's so much stuff out there, and this stuff can totally get lost. I will tell you this, Matt. I am, and my friends will tell you, I have been a Ratchet & Clank diehard since about 2004. And this is the one series that I will, I don't get pushy with video games. 
I know not everything's for for everyone. I know that not everyone's going to like Final Fantasy games. Not everyone's going to like Mega Man games. Not everyone's, there are people out there, God help their souls, who don't like Mario games. Uh, I think that's a travesty and it's blasphemous to some degree. But Ratchet and Clank is a series where if someone comes up to me, it's like, I just want to play something fun. I'm like, well, you need to play Ratchet and Clank. And my friend Brendan who is a great guy and one of my closest friends works on arcade machines and pinball machines and all that stuff. I had been talking up Ratchet and Clank for so long. Just it's who I am. I unfortunately friends out there who listen to this show. I I'm sorry that I make you spend your money. I don't make He's you. He's a I'm game sorry. pusher. Some people push drugs or this and that <laughs> Mike pushes video games on people. It's not even that I push them man. <laughs> it's that I get so enthusiastic and excited about stuff that people are like, well, I got to play this. Well, Mike, so, l- let me ask you, if you had to, what is the best Ratchet and Clank game in the series? I would, a few years ago, I probably would have told you probably three up your arsenal. Yeah, pardon the pun, everyone. Uh, but I think 2016 is really good. I think if you want, and that's what I was saying, my friend Brendan, I'd been talking up Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank for so long that he was just like, he got a PS4 and he was just like, you know what? Oh, screw it. I'm just going to play Ratchet and Clank. And then he like texted me. He was like, dude, man, I'm so upset. I missed out on this whole series. And that's how everyone reacts. They're all like, why did I not play these games for this long? These games are great. They're all the same. They're all very similar. So you can, that's why 2016 is a really good jumping off point, but they're so good. And to play 2016 and now a rift apart, you're, you're good. And it's, they're not that long. They're like, I always say that they were what Mega Man really wanted to be in 3D if Mega Man was trying to make an actual 3D game. Legends is Zelda. Yeah, I love the the diversity in the weapons. Mm-hmm. I loved upgrading them all. And I loved, it was addictive to me to get yeah. all the optional missions completed and to beat everything. Playing it on the PS5 with all the newest upgrades is now 120 frames per second. It plays buttery smooth. It looks great. Beautiful. And Insomniac recently had an interview just this past week or two where they said this game, this series made them rethink how you make video games. They said, we wanted to make an experience that was fun, not challenging. The challenge wasn't part of making the game. That comes along with it. And nothing here is overly challenging besides like the final boss of the game. I might've lost two or three times. Yeah. Nefarious is kind of tough. Nefarious gets kind of tough when you have to like fly around and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's great. And it's, it's not that hard. It's fun. It's Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, That's really it what it is. Wonderful. So that was great to play through. Happy like it. Loved it. Loved it. And then next I've still been shrugging along uncharted Four. I'm on chapter 18. Now it is getting better. It's picking up pace. Elena just saved me. I got separated from my brother and it's getting good again. I'm really getting into it. I'm hoping to beat it this weekend. And then I did load up skyward swords. I'm looking to jump back in that 10-year-old game now on the Switch. and 10 see. years old and 60 bucks. <laughs> That's the Nintendo uh, tax. They always get you, but somehow I, I can't I can't help myself. Dude, we're suckers. I get it. Yep. I'm a sucker too. I buy everything they put out. It's like I bought this five years ago on the Wii U. Well, 60 bucks. That's so it. I can play it on the go. That's it. Well, Mike, it, it was a pleasure once again. Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you out there? Well, first and foremost, Matt, thank you so much. It's this has been a pleasure always. Uh, this is so much fun, Matt. You do a terrific job putting this show together and uh, making a sound wonderful, talking about such uh, wonderful things that we hold very near and dear to our hearts. You can find me here every single week on the Hall of Fame podcast featuring video games. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore Mike underscore Staub. You can find me there 
talking about video games mostly. Uh, you can also find me on uh, with my band Bad Mary, which is a at Bad Mary Band, or you can just Google Bad Mary all over the internet. We're playing music all over the place. We just put out uh, a new cover of the Daria theme song from the hit MTV cartoon Daria. So check that out. Uh, you can also see me as the host of the How About This podcast. Just search us out at How About This Pod. And recently I've become the host of the Long Island Retro Gaming podcast. You can search us out at LI Retro or search out Long Island Retro Gaming. I just did an amazing interview with, well, I'm not saying I did an amazing interview. He was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I can with, say that you did an awesome interview. It was a great you. listen. Oh, it was such a good time talking to him. I talked to Matt Papa of Inti Creates, who's like, he's like the head of like, a whole bunch of stuff. He does a whole bunch of stuff for any creates. We talked about Blaster Master Zero and Mega Man and stuff like that. Check that out in your podcatchers. And yeah, just everyone out there, give us a like, give us a subscribe, hit us with those with those comments and reviews because we're putting in a lot of work on this show and it is so much fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Guys, as he said, review, subscribe, share, do all those good things. We're up to almost a thousand followers on Instagram. So thank Ooh, you guys. Baby. Thank you oh so much and keep playing those video games and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, later. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.